The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. No days off! No days off! No days off! No days off! This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump! <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. (laughs) And Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? (laughs) Hannibal! 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 Hannibal. Mr. Dot Commer on WEEI.com. Podcast uh, fresh off of Richard Seymour getting inducted into the Patriots Team Hall of Fame for 2020. He got the fan vote over Bill Parcells and Mike Rabel. I don't think this came as much of a surprise to me, and I think you feel the same way, right, Andy? Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's the best player or best candidate of the three. Um, I think he probably has the least um, animosity towards him of the three because Parcells is Parcells, and that's a whole issue. And then yep. Vrabel had a Seymour-like Exit. departure, but also has been sort of kind of cocky in the way he's dealt with Bill Belichick and the Patriots the last few years that probably – hurt his candidacy with some voters that might say, screw him, he wants to mock Bill or do whatever. Um, So I I think Seymour is probably the cleanest, but I also think he's just the best. He was a pro football Hall of Famer, in my opinion, for his work with the Patriots, whereas Parcells wouldn't be, Vrabel isn't. Richard Seymour is a pro football Hall of Fame caliber player for his eight seasons in New England. so I actually think it was delayed a little bit. I'm glad it happened before he got to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which will probably come within a year or two. two years. Yeah. So, um, you know, I wrote a little quick reaction thing for the website, and I've always said, and I maintain this, and some people get all pissy and defensive, I think he's the best draft pick Bill Belichick ever made. I, I just, To me, I don't even think there's much of an argument, and the one that people always bring up, is the ob- what about Tom Brady, jackass? Um, he took a flyer on Tom Brady because Dick Raymond said to, right? Like, he's the best player. He's the greatest quarterback. He's all that. He was lucky. He took him in the sixth round. He took Seymour with the sixth overall pick. If you don't nail that pick, that's another step towards Bill Belichick burning out as the Patriots GM and head coach and never being anything. He nailed the hell out of it. It wasn't popular. You can go back and read all the Ron Borges pieces and – my old coworker Paul Perillo on the podcast on Patriots.com said he was resigning because he hated the pick so much because everybody wanted David Terrell or a receiver for Drew or some flashy 
No one even really knew who Seymour was. So I think he nailed that pick. Seymour immediately brought legitimacy to the defense, was a guy they built around for, you know, that whole first era of the dynasty. Yep. I don't even see an argument against it if anybody has any sanity as a, a fan. I guess the statistical thing, like, didn't have great numbers. But it, for a defensive lineman, when you have multiple eight-sack seasons, like – He may have made a good amount of tackles. Like, I don't yeah, know. Like, I thought, he's not going to jump off the page because he's a defensive lineman, but – Right. But he was also year two with Pro Bowler, year three in All-Pro, and then three straight All-Pros, five straight Pro Bowls. I know it doesn't matter for the Patriots Hall of Fame, but then even continued the Pro Bowls. Two more in Oakland, yep. Like, I I don't really – you know, he he butted heads with Bill on a lot of things, contract and a couple different times. But so did did Logan Mankins. Right, right. Yeah, and, you know, Logan Mankins gets downgraded because they got their asses kicked on the O-line in the Super Bowl, and, you know, they're not winning that. Seymour, you you had three Super Bowl titles. You know, he was a key figure. I think – if you asked like a uh, uh, Teddy Bruschi, Mike Vrabel, those guys to speak honestly, they would talk about how much their job was easier and better with Seymour in front of them in that defensive line. Um, you know, he also, yeah, I, I told that story before when he went to the funeral for his dad, I think, and then came back late and they didn't play him. And then he swaggered out there because they needed him against the Jags. And he used to bitch about the field. He hated the Gillette Stadium playing surface. He hated having to play in sand in the middle of the field. He felt you could get no push. He was critical of the fans at times um, for, you know, not being the best home crowd and how loud they were. He was critical of a lot of things. He was very outspoken. He critical about not playing at times on third downs and sub situations. That got Bill to say, if you have Reggie White, you play Reggie White, which means – he insinuated he was no Reggie White, which he wasn't. He was a different kind of player. Um, so, he, you know, he ruffled some feathers in, in various ways. But I don't know. I don't know how anybody could watch eight years of Richard Seymour and not think he was a uh, very high Team Hall of Fame candidate. He should have got in earlier. I mean, look at the list of guys that are in. Kevin Falk in 2016, Matt White in 2018. Like, I think that Richard Seymour is a better player and more deserving than those two. Uh, yeah, he's a better talent, better player, better – yeah. I would agree with you. Now, it's not dramatic. I think it's fine that those guys have gotten in. They were team Hall of Fame guys. But if you just did it purely on talent, raw ability, probably impact, um, I think Seymour is the runaway candidate. So the fans got it right this year and now pushes back another couple guys that are still, in my opinion, both team Hall of Famers and Bill Parcells and Mike Vrabel. And, uh, you know, Parcells is the interesting one. We've talked about this. I've sort of advocated gotten on this train of maybe it's time for Robert to just you know make a special uh, announcement to just put Parcells in and enjoy the ceremony before he deteriorates you and I were actually talking earlier I haven't seen Bill Parcells in years since probably the the two Bills documentary I, I actually don't know what co- I said this weekend we were talking about Don Shula on uh, Mac and Hat and you know, the fact that Don Shula called Parcells Belichick, uh, Belichick, Yep. And I said, I think it's res- the responsibility of people around these guys to protect them when they reach a certain age and a certain mental capacity. Yep. That didn't happen with Shula. People nope. put him out there to say things that I don't know how much he would regret him if he changed, you know, if he were 20 years younger and more. Maybe people are doing that with Parcells. Maybe Parcells is now being sort of kept close to those around him rather than. True. Yep. talking too much as he ages. I don't know, but I would love to see him go in while he's still alive. And I think it'd be an interesting ceremony. We've talked he's, about it. He's 78 right now. So, I mean, that's, he's getting up there. 
yeah. So um, I don't know whether, you know, where maybe he has dementia, maybe he has, you know, whatever, sen senility, 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 whatever that word is. Um, but I, I understand it didn't end well. And there's the whole Super Bowl thing, but he also changed so much for the Patriots when he arrived. And I, if I'm not, has Robert said that he might not have bought the team if Parcells wasn't the coach? I thought I'm he said sure. that. I'm not sure. I can't speak to that for sure. But I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like he, he, he kind of talked about the value when he bought the team from Orthwine, saved it from going to St. Louis. I believe he has talked about like part of the value was Parcells and bringing legitimacy to the team and, right. you know, the future and that kind of thing. So that right there is, you know, interesting. In but just way. looking at, at like Twitter during this whole voting process, like there are people that hate Parcells and like really or would be upset if he got in. I just don't understand. Like just admit that he actually was valuable to the franchise and they probably wouldn't have gotten to where they are without him. Like it's not that hard to admit. Like I, I just don't understand why people are still hanging on to hating Parcells probably just because of the way it ended. Well, I also wonder if – Desmond Howard doesn't have that return and the Patriots win that Super Bowl and Parcell still leaves and we still find out he was flirting with the Jets. Does that, would that change things? Is it the pure result of that game that you didn't win the Super Bowl that you could have won? Or is it like, would people still say, Nope, I don't care that he won. He was flirting with the Jets. He was cheating on us. He was never happy. He did this. He did that. He took Kumar, all that. I wonder if that one game and that one half changed everything for him and his perception. Probably. I mean, it would have to change a little bit for some people. Probably still some would be upset by just how it ended, but right. Yeah. I, I, I think you're, I'm with you. He has to get in. Like just, it's, it's okay to, to have things end poorly. Like look at the way that things ended with Seymour. They didn't end great. Vrabel right. didn't end great. Like it, it, it happens. And I think that just put it past and, and get, get over it. It's okay. And I also think it's fine. Like, you're the owner, Robert Kraft. This isn't, you know, an election for president. This isn't an election for, you know, democracy or anything like that. It's a team hall of fame. If you want to put a guy in, put the guy in. You did it with Gil Santos. You said he's going in. Like, make, you know, if you want to, it's your team. Owner's own. Make your decision. Tell whoever, you know, Stacey James and, and the committee, like, I know you guys have an important job and we'll continue doing it the regular way. But for this guy, I'm putting him in. Maybe the, the committee comes to something next year. You look for like, You're fine. I think maybe next year when the, when the voting process takes place, maybe the people in the room say, hey, why don't we just do this one thing this year? We, he's a finalist, you know, almost every year now, but doesn't get voted in. Why don't we just put him in on our own because he deserves it? Maybe that's something that committee has to do a job of. I don't know if the committee has the right to do that. I mean, I know they have like little bylaws and rules and crap. I, I'd prefer the committee not step in. I also well, maybe, think maybe the committee sends something to Robert Kraft. Like recommending See, it's better. And Robert Kraft, we know, cares a lot about PR and perception and all that. I think it's even better that the way it ended, and clearly they didn't see eye to eye, and there was a, a frosty relationship. It's even better, a more magnanimous gesture if for he does Kraft, it. Robert Kraft, to do it. And it's like, yep, it didn't end the way I wanted, and I had icy feelings, and I learned some things. But the reality is this guy did certain things, and this guy belongs here. I can be the bigger man. I can bridge the gap. You know, everybody always tells us that that Robert is like a, a, a peacemaker uh, gap. Yeah. A peacemaker, whatever you want to call it, the CBA, various deals. I would love to see him just step in and, and add another feather to his cap in that area and say, you know what? 
Tuna, it's your time. Get in do think, here. Do you think fans would get on board or still be against it? Like if think, Robert actually did that? Well, I think there's I think there's a, a strong vocal minority that hate or whatever that hates yeah. Parcells. You might never get those. Then I think there's another group that's kind of indifferent and is like, he did screw us, he did leave. But I think if Robert got on board, you would get that group. So I think it'd be something like 75% of Patriots fans would forgive, forget, and be happy. And then another, whatever, 25 or even probably less, probably like 15% would, would still be hateful and say, no, I don't, never, I don't, never in my hall, not my Hall of Fame. Any lingering thoughts on Hall of Fame talk? Or you want to get into the schedule? We could get into my mustache too. Yeah, you. Uh, I, the listeners can't see this in the podcast, but maybe you can tweet out a picture later on. Or do I really want that out there? Well, I, I, honestly, I think on it's going to get out there tonight on Monday night. Yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah, so I yesterday we're in this whole uh, weird world of coronavirus. My hair was out of control. My beard was out of control. Um, I decided to let my son cut my hair, which went badly relatively quickly when he, my daughter, my wife all gasped at the same time because he gave me a nice bald spot on the side of my head. That'll take a while to come back in. But so my wife took over the haircut. She finished up fine. It's just, if I wear a visor, the, the strap actually covers the bulk of the oh, bald spot. So, uh, and then I let my, my daughter, cause I haven't been shaving a, cause it's a pandemic who gives a flying fandango, but also B because I don't have full control of my right hand. I'm not supposed to use my right arm quite yet. So I haven't really shaved, let my daughter use the beard trimmer to trim it down to just scruffle. Yep. And um, she decided, she's like, can I leave your mustache? And I said, I don't care. So she left a mustache. So I have a, uh, I don't know, interesting look right now. A bald spot and a mustache. Yeah, whatever. It's a pandemic. I don't have TV. I don't have to prove anything. She was actually disappointed because the first time we went out, we went to pick up takeout and I put my mask on to go in and she goes, oh. It covers everything up. She wanted people to laugh at me like that, picking up the food and right, stuff. Right. So, yes, I will be on uh, Mud at Night, W-E-E-I, tonight. And, well, I should say Ben Charleston, Mutt's producer, has had a pretty hideous mustache himself for a few weeks now. So the two members of the three-man show tonight on W-E-E-I will have uh, interesting mustaches. Although, I have to say, my sister gave me a compliment. She kind of likes it. She... Apparently she's a Dave Matthews band fan and he's gone through a mustache phase or something at one point. And I don't know. She compared it to Dave Matthews and she said that's a compliment. Yes. If people are listening, want to see it, I would imagine check out the mud at night Twitter account tonight. I bet that will be uh, making an, uh, an appearance. Yes. So yeah, it's the first time in my life I've ever had a mustache. So. And what better time to have it than now? Right. Everybody's wearing masks anyway. I can wear it around. People won't even know. And then the bald spot and the haircut, just wear a visor. So you're all set. Yeah. I wear a visor most of the time anyway. Well, I'm, I'm very happy, though. I've realized, like, I am not made for long hair. I hated it, and I feel so much better. Sleeker. I think I'm running faster. I bet. I bet. <laughs> how's, how's the uh, arm brace? How, how's that doing? Uh, I hate the arm brace, and I've kind of stopped wearing it a lot, <laughs> like, in the house. All right. It drives me nuts. It doesn't stay up. It hurts. It puts more. It's in more pain when I have the brace on than not. So I took it. I take it off a lot more in the house. I wear it outside, but uh, yeah, I hate it. But I, I think we're. Progr I went for a run yesterday. Went for. I put the ar the arm brace on and I locked it in like a ninety degree angle so I could just swing my shoulders. Right. Went for a one mile run. Didn't feel too bad. Good. We'll see. What's the uh, prognosis on returning to the gym and and. Uh competing with James Devlin for his, whatever, 700-pound squat. 
Yeah, no, I don't think that'll be happening anytime soon. No. First of all, we don't have gyms. What are gyms? That's true. That's true. It's not like these professional athletes that just have these, you know, right. gyms in their homes. And even when gyms reopen, I'd probably have to like schedule a squat rack time so That's I can true. be the only one in the area or whatever. It's, ah, it's not worth it. Screw it. Are you one of those people that won't be going to the gym when they open up? Oh, no. I'll, well, I mean, if I'm healed and I'm allowed to go to the gym, I will be at the gym. Yes, I don't really. I roll the dice. Agreed. What are we? What are we doing here? Like, I mean, I saw a thing today. Most most recent study. Now you can get it through your eyes. The coronavirus enters through your eyes. So now, am I going to have to start wearing goggles and a mask? Like, at some right. point, am I going to just be in a bubble? Like the kid who threw out the pitch we talked about in Korea. Just put me in a bubble. We can all run around. Or at some point, I'm just going to have to ignore it. We had the Major League Baseball uh, antibodies study that far fewer people didn't have it. Right. So, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. Would I go to a nursing home right now? Nope. Wouldn't go to a nursing home. Doesn't yep. seem like that's a good idea. I could either give it or get it. Bad things could happen from there. But other than that, I don't know. Just got to go back to living. Get busy living or get busy dying. You know what they say. I guess that transitions into the schedule. The NFL. Release. How exactly did that transition into the schedule? Talking about feeling safe going to things. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. You sold me. So the NFL, but it's a transition. The NFL seems to be going on with a full 16-game schedule, although there are some tweaks that seem to be made to cut it down to 12 or 14 games if need be. But the NFL does seem to be going forward with having a full 16-game schedule beginning September 10th or 13th, whatever it is. Um, That was released last week. Any thoughts on how the NFL handled it? Do you think it was right to go on – the way that they did a normal release and all that. Of course I think it's right. Like that you need to plan for reality. Just like if I were a superintendent of a school, I'm planning for school to start in early September and have everybody be there. Like, and then you adjust as you go, but your job is to plan. I think you want to give people hope, you know, that there is going to be a season and you, you know, you brought this up because I had said, well, I wonder it's weird. Like the Patriots have a perfect road trip this year to LA where you go see the Ram- the Chargers and the Rams in consecutive games, uh, Sunday, Thursday. That is like the perfect road trip. You, you have a mini vacation in LA. In December but, too. Right. So, but with, you know, there's obviously some questions as to what the world's going to look like at that point still, but the way, you know, airlines and hotels are being liberal with their change and cancellation policies and whatever I think it's good to give people the opportunity to prepare for that that week and maybe make that a vacation. And so, yeah, I, I have no problem with them planning. And then, you know, you do read interesting things. I don't know if you saw the, the thing that jumped out to me was the Mark Maskey one that weeks three and four are the weeks that would be likely removed first yeah. to make a 14-game schedule. And the Patriots just so happened to have a game in Kansas City. Like – as the great Paul Perillo would, would say, everything works out for the Patriots. Yep. <laughs> Their game with the Chiefs could be wiped out if there's a shortening of the season. And the game two in Seattle, if it has no fans, that eliminates one of the right. hardest places in the league to play. Right. So um, I know people like to mock Paul Perillo. I do too for various things. But um, his theory that they have a horseshoe squarely up their ass and that things always work out for them looks like it could come uh, come true once again. But uh, this, as far as the schedule itself, um, we knew they were going to get a West Coast pat on the back. Yep. It is better than we could have even envisioned. Well, because I, I predict you play. 
in my mock schedule, I predicted that. I had them playing on the West Coast on a Sunday and then having it be on a Thursday. Yeah, but you didn't predict the double dip in L.A., did you? No, it was not L.A. It was not the double you dip. You had Seattle, I think. Yeah. So, okay, good, good job. Thank you. But the, what they got was even better than what you projected because they can stay in the same hotel. Right. They're playing in the same stadium. It's they, like they, they have they a home They keep all game. their stuff in the locker room. Right. And you don't – I don't know. If, yeah, that probably is true. There's probably one visitor locker room and two home locker rooms. So you're right. They can leave their shit excuse me, stuff in, okay. a, um, in the locker room. And you're not going to practice that week. It's only going to be like walkthroughs and jog. You can do that in a hotel ballroom or a parking right. lot. Like it, it could not have worked out any better to the point where, according to the Boston Sports Journal – the Rams are a little pissed off that, you know, the Patriots actually have a better setup than they do as the home team because they – the first game where the Patriots playing the Chargers, the Rams will be in Arizona, which isn't really all that far away. Yeah, like what, what are you talking about here, a three-hour difference? Right. Yeah, talk about some cheese with your wine there. Um, but it, it could not have worked out any better for the Patriots. They don't have to take any extended staff or anybody. They don't have to bring extra equipment. They don't have to set up a – you know, campus where they can practice, you know, San Jose State or these places, Colorado, the Air Force Academy. Like, there's barely any extra uh, planning, and it's less because it's all through one hotel. Listen, instead of just being there Saturday through Sunday, we're going to be there Saturday through Thursday. So a lot of people do that. Like, you know, that's that's called conventions. That's called, you know, we do that. We go to the combine. You get four or five. Like, so it could not have worked out any better for the Patriots. Now, Maybe they lose both games and it's not, um, you know, that could be talent-based and whatever. But in terms of scheduling and travel, could not have worked out any better. Well, on the flip side of that, I thought that they did get screwed a little bit with the games around that. So two weeks before that, they traveled to Houston, then have a home game against the Cardinals, then have those back-to-back West Coast games. And then the next week after the Thursday game, they travel to Miami. So they have three straight road games. I know you have the Thursday mix in there, but I just thought it was interesting that, you know, on the, on the heels of the West Coast trip, they have to travel to Miami after that. So, I mean, that's a fair argument. No schedule is going to be perfect. I would say, would right. you trade that for, as they seem to always do now, three years in a row, closing the season at home against two division opponents? Yeah, pro- probably not. I would, I would take that, yeah. Right. To me, with the, the new playoff system, the seven seed in play, so you have an extra spot, and the division doesn't look like there's any reason to believe it'll be a runaway for anybody, even if the Bills right. are the better team, to be able to close out with two division opponents at home, including the Bills, which I think everybody expects is the team you might be competing with. I think that's a pro that I wouldn't give up. You know, I wouldn't swap that out for that, that extended road trip. I also think the fact that they play um, you know, three straight division games late and all their division games, or, or most of them over the second half, like, you have the possibility that if you get Stidham ready or, you know, you take your lumps early, you still could very much fight and claw your way back if you have a, you know, schedule's tough in the beginning. You go at Seattle, you go at Kansas City, you might be at best two and two, you might be one and three, whatever. But you have the opportunity to come back later in the year by taking care of your divisional business over the second half of the season. So, you know, as much as I'm a believer that they're, they're a plus minus 500 team where it could be as good as nine wins and maybe as bad as six or seven wins, depending on how things play out. The schedule, I think, aids them for a, a late season run. And, and who knows, maybe eight and eight gets you in the playoffs. And, and, and very well could with the seven, seven playoff teams. 
So if eight and eight gets you in the playoffs and you finish with two home games in your division, I don't know how you can be upset about that. I'm actually surprised that's happened. Three straight years having your last two games at home is pretty unheard of. And not to mention just the last two games, but those are also holiday weeks. So there's no, you know, because Bill usually gives the team off around Christmas. So it's not, they're, they're losing a day there, but they're also, they don't have to travel or anything like that. So it really couldn't work out any better. And they actually gain a day Christmas week, right? Because they have the Monday game after Christmas. So that's right. Yeah. My guess is they'll be completely off for Christmas because you have that extra day in there and he can work the work schedule probably a half day, an early leave on Christmas Eve, take Christmas off, come back to 26, ready to finish this out and be ready kind of thing. Um, So they even benefit there. So I, I mean, if you were to pick, so you think that that three game road stretch, you know, I'm going to put the four out of five stretch. That's like, the black hole of their schedule or the dark part or the hard part or whatever? Kind of, because the teams itself aren't, like, that daunting. But just from a travel perspective, yes. But right. in terms of teams, it's that early stretch, I would say, just to start the year. But to your point, that it could actually benefit them down the road. Okay, so let's do a quick, quick run-through. Let's go through the games. We'll each predict win or loss, see what we end up with records, and we'll give a quick, uh, you know, 15, 20 seconds synopsis of what we see from the game. All right. Am I, am I going to keep track of this? Uh, you can. I'm on the record. I wrote it, baby. I did, I, I did too. I did Sorry, too. I don't always read what's on our site. Well, I did it after you because I, I figured since you did a, a breakdown on your Friday thing, I should have done it in mine. Um, I'm going to find it so we can go through it. But, yeah, well, st- start with it. Okay. Yeah. So, the September 13th opener, which – is the Miami Dolphins at Gillette Stadium. Uh, as I wrote, could be either very, very exciting slash interesting because you have Tua Tago versus Jarrett Stidham making their NFL debuts, um, both former uh, SEC Iron Bowl participants, or it could be a ho-hum dismal game where you have Brian Hoyer taking on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Either, either way, I'm giving the Patriots the victory. I don't really care who starts a quarterback for either team. I'm taking the home field, Bill Belichick, the Patriots. The Patriots are 1-0, baby. Who needs Tom Brady? I had that as well. I, I think that the Patriots take care of business in that game. No matter who's that quarterback for the Dolphins, I think the Patriots have the edge. So give it to the Patriots. Edge Patriots. Okay, a week later, Sunday, September 20th, at Seattle for Sunday night football. Uh, a year ago, the boogeymen beat up on everybody not named Ben Roethlisberger, and really Ben Roethlisberger as well. Uh, in the beginning of the season, Luke Falk and Sam Darnold and whoever the other Jags they played. Uh, not so fast, as Lee Corso would say this year, because week two, you head to Seattle. Tough place to play to play a legitimate MVP candidate. Russell Wilson has entered that class where every year you expect him to be a top three to five quarterback in football. So not only is it a test for the offense, whoever's running the offense, Jared Stidham, Brian Hoyer, uh, it's a good test early in the year for these people that think the Patriots are just going to have an elite defense and they're going to ride their defense to victory. Um, now, as you mentioned earlier, might not be any fans um, because, you know, of the coronavirus. We already had uh, the governor of Oregon say that they're not going to have any fans at anything through September. Obviously, Oregon, not very far from Washington and Seattle. Who knows if they join forces or go the same route? But I still think the Patriots lose that game. Fans or no fans regardless of who plays quarterback. Yeah, no chance. I mean, even if they do benefit <laughs> with no fans, it's 
Jared Stim in the Patriots. No chance. I mean, the Seahawks are a good team regardless. Russell Wilson's going to be an MVP candidate. I think Seattle's probably going to be even better than they were last year. I don't give them a, a chance. Okay, so when you post this on the website, um, can you just do the headline, Hannibal Colon, no chance Patriots win in Seattle? Sure. I like it. All right. Um, okay, so the next week they Hold come back. The yes, come home to play the Raiders. And um, I think this is the first of like, I didn't do the actual count, but probably like three games that I think could go either way season hinges on the whole season really hinges on these types of games. Um, You know, Raiders notoriously not a good East coast team have to come to Gillette stadium Um, have, I don't know if this is too early or late to start what I think is going to be a quarterback controversy at some point in uh, Las Vegas. Vegas, Yep. Marcus Mariota, their backup now. I, I think there's a chance that he has a, an, an inverse of what he had last year. He lost his job to Ryan Tannehill. I think this year he could be the guy who steals um, David Carr, uh, Derek Carr's yeah. job. Because we know um, Gruden always is in love. Like Tom Brady chases the next Super Bowl ring. Gruden chases the next quarterback. He's always looking for his next quarterback. And I think Mariota is going to be that guy. I don't know if week three is too early that he could be coming into play. Um, but it doesn't matter. Right now, even though this is a game where I think the season hinges type of game, I'm going to pick the Patriots to win in Foxborough. I had that as well. I'm kind of along the same lines. Those types of games will determine what the record is. If they're a nine win team, 10 win team, or a five win team or a four win team. But uh, I think, yep. Well, I was just saying a quick side note. Did you see the, um, who's the comedian who does all the impressions for Fox? Oh, Frank Caliendo. Did you see his Gruden one no. doing this? <laughs> no, good. Win, win, win. He just gave him 16 out. It was very funny. His, he did want to Bill Belichick. Not very good. It sucked. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah, I was so disappointed. Yeah. Because he's good at some of them, but. I expected much better. Yeah. Um, All right. So we, we, we both his, have. Uh, Andy Reid was good, by the way. I don't know if you saw that yep. one. Yep. Yep. He just held up the uh, Patrick Mahomes jersey, which, hard to argue. You have the best player in football. Right. He's, he's, um, he's good for the most part, but Belichick, not, not great. So we have sucked. them. At, you know at, what I think that is? He's a friend. He's what? He keeps, he, things popping up weird on my screen. How come we haven't been Zoom bombed yet? I don't know. I'd like maybe, to see some porn or something. Maybe it's coming. Uh, so we have them at um, two and one. Winning record in September. Who needs Brady? Well, I think we got a loss coming up traveling to Kansas City. Yeah. Um, you said there's no chance they win in Seattle. Yep. I think there's less of a chance they win in Kansas City. Oh, I think there's absolutely no chance. No zero point well, zero. What happens if, like, Mahomes were to get hurt in the first three weeks? Zero point zero. No? What if, what if like, their whole offense? What if, what if – Okay. Zero point zero 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 one. If Kelsey Hill – uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, uh, Watkins. If they're all out, there's a chance. And Mahomes, there's a chance. But I think you could put uh, Tyreek Hill as their Wildcat quarterback, run the ball every play, pitch it to Kelsey on trick plays, and they'll still win. No all right. Chance. So they're two and two coming back home to play the Broncos. Another game where the season hinges. There are a lot of people that think the Broncos could be good. I know. That's kind of like a, been a sneaky, like, everyone wants to call it a hot take, but it's not a hot take anymore. 
Right, because if everybody's doing it, it's not all that hot. Like, I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched enough of Drew Locke in the NFL to really yeah. have an opinion. Yeah. Um, I didn't love him coming out of, I don't know, wherever the hell he came out of, Missouri? Missouri. Missouri. Okay, Missouri. Um, you know, watching him, he, he was a guy, he, he's in this modern um, footwork doesn't matter. You can throw off, you know, weird angles, weird footwork, blah, 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 sort of Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. We saw Jordan Love, I think, benefit from that idea. And we also just know he has good receivers. He, you know, Sutton's good. They drafted, um, who'd they get, Judy? They got one of the one receivers. Yeah, one of the receivers, yeah. Um, so uh, they could be good. I mean, they have pass rushers. They have sort of the makeup of Their what – Their defense is pretty good. Right. Now, I don't – they were in a lot of games last year. They found weird ways to lose, and they were in tight games. And I like – I like Vic Fangio as, like, I want to like him, but I don't know if I like him in terms of I want him running my team, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, he's kind of like Romeo Cronell. Good defensive coordinator. Really like him. Not sure I want him running my team kind of thing. Right. Um, I, I'm going to give the Patriots the benefit of the doubt here. Um, but again, wouldn't stun me if they lost this game. Wouldn't stun me if they lost the Raiders game. Wouldn't stun me, I think, if they lost both games in a short span. Yep. So I'm going to give them the victory. I had that as well. So we're, we're, we're the same. We're, we're in locks up here. They're three and two going into the bye, which I think would be looked at as a positive. Any, I think any winning record going into the bye week is a positive. Yes, because you look – I think there's a good chance – not that we're going to have to do this all year long, but we probably will. I think there's a good chance that Tampa Bay is four and two. Um, some people think five and – they're going to have a winning record, in my opinion, yes. in Tampa Bay when you come out of that first month, month plus. And people are going to care about that. And if Tom's four and two and you're suddenly one and four or whatever – that's going to be a, a very big difference then, even if you're three and two, because you're in the ACs three and two. Okay. We're getting through this. We made it, you know, we played in Seattle. We played in Kansas city. We don't have to do that anymore. I think people will be happy with something like three and two. So then coming out of the bye, they probably, they play one of the most anticipated games of the year at home against the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo comes back. You can even time up. I think it's within the week that he was traded. So you have the trade anniversary stuff going on. That'll be a big storyline that week. Uh, on the field, though, I do. I this game might be close, but I don't think the Patriots have much of a chance. Uh, I don't really either. And everybody's going to fixate on the quarterback comparison. That's fine. I don't really care, and that may decide it. I think there is a chance that I'm a. I like Jimmy. I think there's a chance he's better. I think he has good weapons. I think Debo could be better. All that. They. Could, I, I'm more concerned about Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham dealing with that defensive front. Right. Like to me, that's how. Like, are you going to have the plan of what the Patriots did to the Chargers where you had Bosa, the other Bosa, you know, I'm getting there, but he's getting rid of the ball so quickly. Right. I don't think that's happening with Hoyer or Stidham. So no. that matchup, the trench matchup, isn't as sexy as Jimmy Garoppolo, Bill Belichick, and that whole thing. But to me, it's hard. It, it's borderline impossible for me to say the Patriots are going to deal with that defensive front with no problems. So I am taking the Patriots to lose this game to Jimmy Garoppolo uh, Nick Bosa and the 49ers. Right. Yes, I am too. And so we're weirdly in lockstep so far. I'm actually waiting to see where we start to flip up our opinion because we've had different win totals. Um, um, you also know that me being me, I hope I'm sticking to what I did on. Uh, no, on you are. I, I'm actually matching it up. I'm matching oh, okay. It. You are. <laughs> Let me know if I change a pick. I will. All right. So then they, after that game, they will travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills November 1st. 
You know that when you put your pointer finger up and your thumb across and hold it up to your forehead, it looks like an L? My computer, I got to turn it around in my left. Yep. Losers, I think they lose this game. Um, I know the Bills are a popular pick and they want to have swagger. And then I know, you know, there were some comments from Sean McDermott that the Patriots are still the team to beat. It's interesting how they, how they'll embrace the favorite if they are the favorite role and all that. And this is, what are we at? Week six and seven? Uh, more than that. Five, let's see, six, seven, week eight. So week eight, they play the Patriots at home. So a lot has happened in the season in September and October. But this is as big a game in Buffalo as they've had in a long time. This, Absolutely. They want to win the division. They're the better team. Take care of business. Beat Bill Belichick, whoever his quarterback is, whatever his defense is. You wanted to last year. You were fighting. And then, you know, Josh Allen got hurt. And, and that whole transpire, transpiring, I'm taking the Bills because I think the Bills are the better team. I think yeah. they're the from what you said, that's going to be the, one of the most hyped-up games in Bills history in re- recent years, probably the biggest. They want to prove a statement, all that stuff. And then on the field, they almost beat the Patriots twice last year with Tom Brady. And I just think that they're, that's their chance to get over the top and have one of their signature wins, I think, in the new era field history. Uh, side note, because you know, I'm easily distracted. Did you read the Tim Graham story on The Athletic a while ago about the behind-the-scenes way the Bills are being run by the Pagoulas? No, I did see the headline, though. And I, that was actually one I wanted to read. Um, absolutely ridiculous, because everybody's giving them credit for the, the football operation they've been putting in place with McDermott and all that. Didn't they fire a lot of the Sabres people? Oh, they fired a crap load of people. But one of their organizational um, – they sent out, like, one of those flow chart business plan things. And one of them, literally, that they voiced to their employees – was the Pagula family being able to maintain the lifestyle they lead. That was like a financial objective. Like, you can think that, but keep that to yourself. Right. I'm worried about the business. Don't tell me you need to, you know, make and profit. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was continues to amaze me. And maybe the crafts think that way. I just don't think they're dumb enough to But they wouldn't be so arrogant to put it in their flow chart. Right. While you're, you know, laying people off and furloughing people and cutting pay. It it was just so tone deaf and ignorant. So interesting because they're like loved up there from what I've gathered. Yeah. I I don't know how they've been looked at after that. And there were some people that really questioned the leadership. And I guess one guy screwed them. They had a, some VP who was kind of screwing them, but then now they've basically just been hiring like friends and families and cousins and nephews and people they feel like, I guess they can trust even though they're not in any way skilled enough or experienced enough to do their jobs. So as much as we think the bills are ascending to maybe the best team in the East, I always wonder about those things behind the scenes and how those sort of can cut off at the knees, that progress that a football coach and GM might be making. So after the Bills game on the road, they stay in the division, travel to MetLife Stadium on Monday Night Football, take on the Jets in Week 9. Um, another big – I don't think the Jets are that good. I don't think they're that talented. They're not – to me, they're not in the Bills' class of talent. Right. And I don't, like their, I don't like their coach as much. I don't like anything about really what they're doing. Um, but this is still at the Jets. This is still sort of a big game. If the, if the other teams in the division smell blood in the water – you need to win your home games. I'm not saying you need to sweep, go to Gillette, but win your home game. And if the so Jets get off to a, a good start, like if they're in it and not whatever, two and six. Now, I will say 
it wouldn't stun me if Sam Darnold were the best quarterback in the division. Oh, no question. Uh, at this division, division. Well, uh, maybe. I guess it's really either him or Josh Allen. Uh, I mean, sadly, it could be Brian. I mean, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. True. Right. Yeah. I don't think it could be Brian Hoyer, so I won't. I'll leave that no, out. It no, could be. No. I don't eliminate Jarrett Stidham being an option. I don't need for Patriots fans who want to get their panties in a bunch. I don't completely eliminate that, but. The way it should be, Josh Allen or Sam Darnold at this point in their career should be the guy. Yes. Right? Because it's not really fair to ask Tua, especially with the hip thing, or Jarrett Stidham having not played, 15 snaps. I went back and looked at that up just because I really wanted to see. 15 snaps he played last year. How many of those were were kneel downs? Jesus, you always want more. I do a little research and you want more goddamn research. You're never happy with what I come up with. I don't think there were many kneel downs, honestly. I think he was out there to play, but yeah. Couldn't have been more than 11 because he – oh, no. Because he threw four passes against the Jets before he Jets. got yanked. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm going to take the Patriots to win this game. I did too. Okay, I'm just making to. sure I picked that online. You did. You did. Okay. Then uh, this is another one where we're all going to be right in line. They come back home to play – this right? They, they have back-to-back Monday night games? No, Sunday. Oh, Sunday night. Sorry, the Ravens game is Sunday night. Yep. Did you screw Sunday that up? Or did you? What? Did you screw that up in written form or did I? No, just in my head. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, here's a game. I'm going to say it again. I don't know about 0% chance, but very slim chance the Patriots win this game. And everybody goes, oh, because I actually predict that Lamar will get hurt this year and Lamar's not going to be as good. Lamar's going to have a step back. Yep. I think there's some rough – I think RG3 could beat the Patriots in this game because I think the Ravens are a pretty talented all-around team, both sides of the ball. I think Harbaugh is one of those guys. I think he's going to be frothing at the mouth to come into Gillette Stadium for a Brady-less team and Bill Belichick looking to whoop them. It's what a lot of people I don't think are taking into account. They say, oh, the Patriots are super motivated and Belichick wants to prove something. I also think opponents are more motivated this year. I think they smell blood in the water with a Brady-free Patriots, and they're going to try to get payback for two decades of ass whoopings all in one season. The Ravens are coming in to kick ass. So I'm picking the Ravens in this game, but I'm taking the opposite side of what could happen. I could see Harbaugh and the Ravens being overconfident going into this game and not really taking the Patriots seriously, and Belichick kind of wants to stick it to Harbaugh again and finds a way to win. Nope, not happening. I st- I'm, look, I'm picking the Ravens. I'm picking the Ravens. But I, I could potentially see them being overconfident going into the game, and that bites them in the ass. I say that um, Jawan Bentley, uh, Anthony Jennings, and jo- now Bo Allen uh, are part of a front seven that give up somewhere in the range of 270 yards rushing to Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, and whichever guy plays quarterback. All right. Here's where we start to disagree. Oh, good. Patriots at Texans, 1 o'clock. So I think I have the Patriots winning this game. I mean, the uh, uh, Texans winning this game. You do, yes. Yeah, I think the uh, Texans have more all-around talent. Now, I know the DeAndre Hopkins-less offense is a question, and I'm not a big Brandon Cooks fan, so it would sort of fly in the face of that. Um, But I also think Deshaun Watson will be the best player on the field, uh, or one of them. I mean, Stephon Gilmore, I guess, is in that conversation. Probably. Right, right. But he plays quarterback. Most important position, he's the best on the field. Home field, I just – I think, again, I think this is a game – it wouldn't stun me with Billy O'Brien and 
those guys, like if the Patriots pulled off the upset, and this will be one of those feather in the cap Bill Belichick games. This is a game where I think if the Patriots didn't have Bill Belichick, I wouldn't even be considering picking them. Oh, absolutely. That's where I was. This is the game he could steal, but I'm going to say that he doesn't steal it. Billy O'Brien starts to feel good about himself. Deshaun Watson steals it for his head coach. Boom, Texans take care of business at home. That's why I took the Patriots. Bill Belichick beats Bill O'Brien all the time, and I just think that Belichick kind of owns him. And especially after last year, I think there'll be some more motivation to win that game. I like the Patriots. You're such a rump swab, Belichick rump swab. Oh, Bill, you're so awesome. Bill, I love you. Uh, then they go back. You to ask Bill questions over the years. Is that an honor, a dream come true? Oh, please. Um, back home against the Cardinals. You both agree. It's a win. It is. Wouldn't stun me if they lost, though. No, because I think we don't know what the Cardinals are. They could, like, Kyler Miller could make a big jump in year two. They have some, they have some decent, talented players. DeAndre Hopkins, like, they have the talent. We just don't know what they are. Right. This is a game at home where I am turning into the Belichick rump swab. And I'm going to say a backup quarterback that he drafted and cut 17 years ago or whatever it is, who wears skinny pants that are white and sits on his white couch while, during the draft. I, I can't see Bill losing to that guy. I just can't see Bill letting it happen. So I'm taking Bill, but talent-wise, you could argue the Cardinals got a chance in this game if Kyler Murray is the real deal. Yep. Then comes the West Coast trip. The uh, could be a Patriots uh, fan road trip. Christmas should be early Christmas present. Head out to the West yeah. Coast for a couple days. Uh, at, the, um, at the Chargers. At the Chargers in beautiful new SoFi Stadium, which does look cool. I'm assuming it's going to be done in time. I know there's some questions about sort of finishing that up, but by December, yep. I'm guessing it'll be. Uh, ready to go, cool stadium, glass roof, you know, all the bells and whistles, however many billions. Um, the Chargers, I think, are a good football team without a quarterback. Now, who's their quarterback at this point? Is it Tyrod Taylor? Is it uh, Herbert. Justin Herbert? You know, it would actually kind of surprise me if it's not Herbert because – It's going to be so late in the year. Yeah, like you drafted him in the first round, and these days that pretty much means you play as a rookie at some point. And, you know, Tyrod Taylor – is what he is. He's not terrible, but, you know, and they have weapons. I mean, you have Allen, you have um, Henry, you have Williams, you have Eckler. Like, you have weapons. Defensively, I think they're a pretty well-rounded defense. They got the pass rushers and the back end guys. So, if you ask me who the more talented overall roster is, I think it's the Chargers. This is one of those games, I don't know why, because it's the Chargers, because it's Anthony Lynn, because I don't know who the quarterback's going to – I'm picking the Patriots. I'm a homer. I don't know. I did too, surprisingly. We, we agreed there. But kind of, you won't be surprised if they lose, right? No, I wouldn't. Which is why I have them losing the next team that Thursday night against the Rate the Rams in L.A. I just can't see them winning both games. Like, maybe it's so they win one and lose one. I can't see them losing both, and I can't see them winning both. I have them splitting on the West Coast. I think that's pretty good analysis. I don't think the Rams are probably as good as they should be based on oh. they went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but Patriots aren't either. So right. these are two teams that have fallen off since their Super Bowl battle, battle that exciting game of punts. Um, you know, they've obviously got rid of Brandon Cooks, got rid of Todd Gurley, got rid of Clay Matthews and all the defensive, like, but they're also still, they have Cooper Cup. They have, um, what's his name? The other receiver, drawing a blank. Whatever. They got the other receiver. Um, 
and whatever Goff is, uh, Woods, Robert Woods, whatever yes. Goff is, um, he's still an NFL quarterback who's led a team to a Super Bowl and has had some really good times. Um, so you'd have to right now give them the quarterback advantage, even though you can sell me on Goff isn't really that good and is very overpaid and overrated. Um, but obviously Sean McVay, what did he learn from his last matchup with Belichick? Does he have a little extra juice to prove himself that he's not going to get pantsed again? Um, so I, I'm taking the Rams, but I think your analysis was very good that I think it's unlikely that they lose and or win both these games. Their lock is a very, very strong right. bet right now. I mean, which way they split, that could, could be, be up for debate. Right. Like, like if they were to lose to the Chargers that first week, I could see, you know, whatever they do in those three days, we're not coming out here to lose both games. We're going to win however it takes. Right. Just now, the flip side is if Brian Hoyer is the quarterback at that point for whatever reason, um, I think both are losable. Yes. So I guess we're going on the assumption that Stidham is that quarterback, not Brian Hoyer. Yeah, but I might think Stidham stinks by that point, too, if he's played enough. That's true. That's true. So then they go down to Miami, the dreaded uh, – Whatever the name of the stadium is now, what's the name of New Life? I don't know. They change the name all the time. Everyone knows. Patriots always lose down in Miami in December. Right. So how will they do without Tom Brady? What do you What do you got in that game? Uh, I got them losing that game. Yeah. I think they're in the same boat to some degree as the Dolphins. I mean, they're different because Flores is like a younger rebuild and Bill's more of a, a veteran retooling or whatever you want to call this. Questions at quarterback. I mean, good chance you have two young quarterbacks in that game if you don't see them in the first game. Um, it's, it's interesting in a lot of ways. And obviously, a trip to De- in December to Miami, there's going to be a dramatic temperature adjustment late in the year. Kind of. They were just on the West Coast before this. Uh, yeah, I guess. So maybe that helps them. I, talk me into it. I don't know. But um, I'm taking the Dolphins because I don't think they're – I'm not going to just assume they beat the Dolphins in Miami without Tom Brady and just think it was always Tom Brady's fault that they lost in Miami. Things happen in Miami. They lose there a lot. I have the Patriots winning this game. I'm going to go. Oh, what a homer. I'm going to go the homer out, say that the, the West Coast trip served as a nice bonding experience, got this team rejuvenated, and primed to make a big playoff push at the end of the year. Win in Miami. Bonding. So bonding makes you win. Yep. I don't think it does. Talent makes you win. So then they'll come at home, back home, in a, which could be a pretty big game that could decide the AFC East, the Monday night tilt against the Bills at home. Yes. Shortly after Christmas, a gift for the Patriots. They're hosting the Bills with, they hope, you know, maybe the division on the line. Who knows? I guess if you're overly optimistic, maybe they've already clinched the division by this point. Maybe. Possible. Uh, That would surprise me, but it's possible. Um, I am going to – who did I pick? You took the Bills. (laughs) I thought so, but I wasn't 100% sure. Um, Yeah, I think the Bills are the better team. Um, Patriots might be preparing for the uh, draft at this point. They might be thinking about draft picks if it goes really south. If, you know, the Raiders, Broncos, some of those games that I gave them the benefit of the doubt, they lose those. You might be on your way to a top 10 pick and, you know, trying to figure out who you're going to trade up with to get one of the franchise quarterbacks. So I'm going to say that the Bills and uh, I, think, I think they're just – I think they're the team to beat in the AFC East. They, they need to win that game if they want to prove that. Well, I, I have them doing that. I have them winning all those games that you thought could go flip-flopping. I have them in playoff contention, and I think this game determines the AFC East, and they win that game to clinch the AFC East. Oh, my God. Did you actually have your Brady jersey on or your Belichick hoodie when you typed that? Well, Brady's no longer on the team, so no, I did not have my Brady jersey on. But Belichick hoodie in Bill you trust? Maybe. 
Maybe. Jesus. Thornton, Fitzy, and you. Quite a rundown of Patriots. I wouldn't say that. And then the last game, we both had a win at home against the Jets. So you had them finishing at seven and nine. Yep. I had them finishing at 10 and six. Wow. Wow. What a homer. I wouldn't say that. I mean, like, we did that out. Could you really, like, were those games that we differed on? Like, you could see where I was coming from. I can see where you're coming from. And I, you know, but I feel like I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt to get to seven wins. Like, I gave them the Raiders game. I gave them the Broncos game. What if they lose those? Well, like, could they potentially steal another game? Possibly. Sure. Of course. Of course. They could win in Houston. I, I will admit that my view was a more optimistic. Like, things have to go right. But I think that they will. Like, I'm more optimistic about this team than most people are. So, one of our producers, Midday Show, Dale and Keith, Chris Scheim, has guaranteed 11 wins. Yeah, I, I can't do that. Yeah, I can't either. Uh, I, that would really surprise me. If they win 11 yeah. games, this is a tough schedule. Yes. Well, and so, just think about the games that we had losses, like I had losses. So you're telling me that they're going to find a way to beat either the Seahawks, the Chiefs, the 49ers, the Bills on the road, one of those – both those games on the West Coast. Like, you have to find a win there. That, that's tough. Yeah. I, and I, win I, all the games you're supposed to win. Right, which they almost never do anyway. There's right. always a hiccup game you didn't see. So – yeah, I, I getting to 11, 11 wins, guaranteeing 11 wins is, is bold. Right. And last year, they had a piss-poor schedule. They had Tom Brady, and they won how many games? 11. A tougher schedule. Uh, I don't even know who's playing quarterback. That's a tough sell. That's a really tough sell. That is all in on Bill Belichick is a genius. Bill Belichick is the greatest of all time, and we'll make it all happen and figure out a way. I don't know. I'm just not there. I'm just not. Well, you'll have time to get there. There's still many months before the season starts. You have a training camp potentially of seeing Jared Stidham and how the team comes together. And maybe maybe, maybe, it come, maybe the next time we do one of these predictions, you'll change your mind. It's always possible. You know me. If they have somehow, if, if they have a June mini camp somehow, and I go out there and Stidham is throwing ropes to Harry and Harry's like beating Stefan Gilmore one-on-one, I'll be like, Good Lord, this team's going to the Super Bowl. See you in Tampa, Tom. Right, right. Yeah, I'm very reactionary. I admit that. It's part of my charm. Yeah. All <laughs> right, this is a good going down the schedule podcast. Again, we're trying to give you content. It's not easy this time of the year. But and if you don't like it, I don't care. I don't need to hear it. Don't listen. I All these hardos that like, oh, that's, what are you going to go do the schedule game by game? Yeah, actually, we are. We, we cover football. We like football. And I tend to think – that every effing fan of the Patriots, when they see the schedule, in their yep, mind, thing. Yep. does the goddamn same thing. So if you don't like it, screw you. Don't listen. Unsubscribe. Unfollow. Don't ever talk to us again. But if you do like it, that means you're a football fan, you're a Patriots fan, and we embrace you here in our little niche world that's called the Off Day Podcast. Yes. We appreciate all of you. Thanks. Yes. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll podcast probably not again this week, I don't, unless something happens. <laughs> Not again this week. <laughs> Unless something happens, which you never know, it could, but uh, probably uh, next week we'll find something to talk about. Right. Plus, we, we try to do it as often as necessary. You know, we're basically the only podcast at the website, I think, anymore. So we're trying to carry our fair share of the load. So if there's any reason later in the week, even if Ryan doesn't want to do it, if he's off golfing because they opened up the golf courses. Oh, yeah. you got to factor that in now. If he's not doing maybe I'll do a solo emergency podcast if necessary. Otherwise, we will talk to you soon and we'll continue to try to – give you somewhat entertainment patriots talk we try 
Thanks for listening. Peace out. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.